We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Shauna, hit us with some joy. (laughs) Hit you with some joy? I'm not sure exactly how to respond to that. I said hit us with some joy. Oh, hit us. I was going to say, okay. I'll leave that alone. Hit you with some joy. All right. Well, what is joy? I think before we even dive into the conversation, we have to have a a agreed upon understanding of what joy is. And it's not the absence of sadness or the absence of hardship. And it's more than the dictionary definition of joy, which is like um, the feeling of pleasure or happiness. But for Christians, it's a deep rooted inspired happiness. And if we take a look at Hebrews 12 too, I think we can come to a greater understanding of what is meant by joy in scripture, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It says for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It wasn't his joy Mm -hmm. to experience what he experienced on the cross. There was, I mean, he was shamed. He was spat on. He was beat. He was killed. He had physical pain you know, the, the relational betrayal, the humiliation, he didn't enjoy the circumstances of being on a cross, but he found joy in the guaranteed outcome. So he endured the circumstances to accomplish his purpose. This is so different than I think how we think of joy in regards to how we feel like feeling good, (laughs) feeling happy. And James says, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, This one is challenging. I mean, how on earth are we supposed to consider it pure joy when we're in pain, physically or emotionally or relationally? But if you keep reading, James goes on to say, James does, because you know that the testing your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So we consider it pure joy because of the outcome, not because of the hardship, not because of the pain. We consider it joy, uh, not because it's enjoyable, but because of the purpose that it's accomplishing, because of what's being produced by it. The way I relate to this is working out. Hmm. Yesterday, I did not want to work out, (laughs) did not feel like working out. And I suppose you could say it wasn't very enjoyable at first. But I always know the outcome. The outcome's going to be good. It's going to be a stress reliever. I'm going to go take that shower. I'm going to be relaxed. Yeah. I'm going to be set up for a nice relaxing evening, do some reading. And so I go in there knowing what the outcome is going to be. It's yeah. going to be a good outcome. Absolutely. I remember being in labor. I've got four kids. So I've been in labor four different times. And labor in and of itself is unpleasant. It's painful. And um, I just remember thinking as I was having contractions and as it was getting hard and it was getting more difficult, little fingers, little toes, little fingers, little toes. I just, that was my focal point, little fingers, little toes. And it was just knowing that at the end of this experience, no matter how hard it gets, I'm going to have a baby in my arms. You know, it was for the purpose of the little fingers and the little toes. And I think that in the hard times in life too, it helps us if we think about, okay, what is God producing? Like, what is he up to right now? And what is he doing? What is the, what is the guaranteed outcome? Mm. Because our circumstances don't guarantee us any kind of a specific outcome, right? But if we keep our mind on the things that are eternal 
and not on the temporal, we can endure the hardship and, and experience it pure joy, consider it joy. Yeah. To use your analogy, when we go through hardships, we're pregnant with something good that's going to come mm. from God. Come on. That was good right there. <laughs> that was good. I know you're making fun, but that was that is really good. God is birthing something new and that is an exciting thing. It is a painful thing. It is a, you know, grab your scrunchie, put your hair in a ponytail, get down to work, get it done kind of thing. But God is up to doing good things. He's refining our lives. He's ridding us of stuff that's not supposed to be there. And it's all good. So even if we can't see and we don't know the answer, you know, to the, to the questions of what God is up to, we can trust that God takes even the bad things, the hardest things. And by his beautiful goodness, he's able to work them together for good. It's a joy to let you get to know us a little bit so that we can, you know, encourage you by opening up our lives and sharing our stories with you. So thank you for that opportunity. When I was five years old, I got my first chance to go to children's church. I was pumped, but I had a cold on Saturday night. So on Saturday night, instead of just putting Vicks on my chest, I started eating some. <laughs> That's a little ambitious there, Perry. I really wanted to go. I did not want to miss Children's Church. Yeah. I was giddy with joy thinking about being there with the other kids. And I think I was excited about something that I had no words for mm. as a child. I had joy because I knew I was going to be near God. I really think that's what was going on because God was working in my life. He works in our lives at all ages. Yeah, for sure. And that's what's going on with Psalm 84. This is a song ancient Israelites would sing as they made their journey from all the towns and villages across Israel to be near God at the temple in Jerusalem. God dwelt in his holy presence at the temple in Jerusalem. Psalm 84, 5 through 7 is part of that song. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. So this was a song. We don't know the tune, but they were singing it. It says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Baca was a dry, arid place, but it became a place of refreshment because the autumn rains provided drinking water. But even more, it was a place of refreshment because the travelers were so excited, so filled with joy to be going to Jerusalem. Their joy grew as they got closer and closer to the temple. Now, in 2021, we no longer go to a temple to be near God because we, you and I, mm -hmm. are the temple. But the we is very important. If we are the temple, that means we need to be together. When we're together, God's presence fills his temple, fills us. Heaven touches earth. God is with us and in us mm -hmm. when we're alone but when we're together, God is not only in us and with us, but he's also among us. It's like God gives us more of himself when we're together. 
when we're together, he pours his presence into us directly, but he also pours his presence into us through those we're worshiping with. Mm-hmm. And he pours his presence through us into others. It's a beautiful thing. There's a mystery to it, a there beautiful is. mystery to it. Yeah. And, and I know right now there've been a lot of reasons not to go to church. There were, there was a time when we couldn't, right. And it wasn't that long ago. And so I think a lot of folks have gotten into a rhythm of just not returning on a Sunday morning. And if you have legitimate reasons for not going back to church on Sunday morning, I'm not trying to put any guilt on you by making this statement. But if if you just have become comfortable with getting out of the routine of being together with other believers, oh my goodness, I would just encourage you to make the effort to gather with them this weekend and to come together. It is... God's good and perfect plan for us and his will for us that we worship together. Yeah. What I'm saying is that God makes himself known more powerfully and beautifully and quietly when two or more gather. Now, if you're, if you're watching online and you're gathered with a group of believers, you know, in my, in my book, that's the church Mm -hmm. and the Lord is present in that way, but we're not meant to do this alone. And, you know, as we look forward to being together on the weekend, that's meant to be a source of joy throughout the week as we think about coming together and as we think about what God is going to do through his presence. A couple of weeks ago, Teresa and I were in worship here in Holland, and afterwards a young woman named Kaylee came up to us, and she said, when I saw you guys worshiping, I just sensed that God wanted me to encourage you. And she said, I've been praying all service to try to figure out what what he wants me to say to you and mm-hmm. how he wants me to encourage you. And that in and of itself was just totally unexpected. But this is the kind of thing the Lord does, you know, and she didn't know us. Mm-hmm. She didn't know us at all. And she said, I think the Lord's uh, put on my heart First Peter 2. And so she read it. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. She said, I think what God is saying to you is that you both are a beautiful stone. You both are beautiful stones in God's living temple, and your worship, which is an outflow of your lives, are pleasing to him. Mm, That's beautiful. What an encouragement for you too. Yeah. So this is what we can look forward to when we come together, God pouring out his presence, not only directly into us, but also into us through others and us to others. And we're the body of Christ. We're his hands and feet. So I don't know about you, but man, I can't wait for this weekend. Consider it pure joy, my friend, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mm. The words of James prompted by the Holy Spirit. So it's the word of God. James chapter one, two through four. Consider it pure joy. When you go through trials of many kinds. This is so upside down. Like, you know, we don't naturally consider it joy when we're going through hard things. You have to be able to press beyond 
the hard thing to what that hard thing is actually producing. Mm -hmm. And for the the result here is that we would be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mm -hmm. In the months before we moved Haven off to college, my youngest daughter, which we just did like a month ago, I spent a lot of time just reflecting on, does she have everything she needs? And yes, I do mean like sheets and school supplies and new clothes and just everything that she's going to need for living on her own. But also like, is her identity, you know, solidly in who she is in Christ? You know, is, is she looking for, um, security and identity and other things? Like what are the conversations that we still need to have about circumstances that could unfold in college and how we would handle those circumstances or who we would go to worst case scenarios? Yeah. Uh, Ish. I mean, maybe worst case scenarios, but also just like probabilities, right? That maybe she hasn't encountered at home that could be a part of that experience. So just scenarios in general. (laughs) All of them. Low grade, (laughs) medium grade, (laughs) high grade. All of the above. I want to know that she's going to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when we can see that the the trials that we're facing are for the purpose of God saying like, I want to know you're going to be good. You know what I mean? I want you to be mature. I want you to com- be complete. I don't want you to be lacking anything because he can see what's coming. He knows what the next season holds a little bit more like, you know, a mom as she's heading her, sending her daughter off to college has a little bit more awareness of what might be encountered in that experience. A whole lot more, you know, how much more does God know what's coming for us in the season ahead? And he wants us to be prepared for that. And so the seasons, the hardships that he allows are for the purpose of preparing us, having us be mature and complete and ready for what's next. Mm -hmm. And so go ahead. No, who was on right before us this morning that I heard? I was like, oh man, that was tweetable. What he said right there. Was it Ron Hutchcraft? Yes. Ron Hutchcraft was talking about how our crimes, you know, our sins against God become our ministry essentially. Yeah. 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 He said, he said the crimes of your past are prerequisites for your ministry, something along those lines. It was really, it was better how he said it, but it was like, I was like, that is so good. That is tweetable. It's the things that, that were hard things to endure and go through become our platform for helping Mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. So what you're going through right now, and, and I'm so sorry you're going through it because I know that it hurts and it's so painful. And, you know, I'm thinking of a family in our area who's lost a young mom, Unity Christian. I'm thinking of another family in our area who've lost a son who who took his life because he was just so broken inside. And and I know it's really hard to go through these things, but God is at work. He's working his purpose out and he's, he's creating something out of the hardship that's going to be so beautiful. It's a popular hashtag, hashtag choose joy. Check it out. Do it. See what happens. See what you come (laughs) up with. Yeah, you'll find it on t-shirts, on coffee mugs. Choose joy has become a really a popular catchphrase. And I tell you what, I think it's a fantastic idea. My question is, is it possible? Can you literally, like if you're in a funk, if you are feeling sad, if you're um, feeling angry, whatever the case may be, can you stop and decide? joy instead in every circumstances. And I'd like to know what you think. I think you can decide what you're going to dwell on. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know if I think that'll get 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 me toward joy deciding what to dwell on. Yeah. And very, you know, maybe a cousin to deciding what to dwell on would be deciding what your priorities are going to be. Because I think wherever you put your priorities is going to determine whether or not you're experiencing joy. So if my priority is in, I want things to go the way that I want things to go and something gets ruffled in my day. We had this happen yesterday. Something very unexpected. Took 35 minutes. Didn't go the way that we thought it was going to go. And it's like, well... Plan B. Now mm-hmm. my day is a little bit derailed. If my all my my priority is in things going my way, circumstances like that can really throw you off. It can steal you of your joy. Yeah. Or if your priority is in what other people think of you and you get some negative feedback, then <clears throat> doggone it. You know, you get robbed of your joy in that moment because it's all wrapped up in your priority is what other people think of you. So likewise, if we choose to make God our priority and Jesus our priority, then we've got a secure place for joy. Joy is not something that is fickle. We can count on joy and experience joy all the time. So what is one real life way, just one real life way I can choose to make Jesus a priority? Because I know that you do this. Yeah, I think one of the ways that, that I've seen this unfold in my life is recognizing his presence in the moment with me every day, whether that's sitting down and doing my quiet time with him, or even just when life's unexpected events hit you and you're in a moment that's yuck, right? In that very moment to say, I'm not alone in this moment. I don't have to figure this all out. God, you're here right now. Help me to see what's true about what's going on. Help me not to get worked up. You know, if this situation's a five, I don't want to react like it's a 10, just help me to stay in the moment and to see what I need to do. Give me wisdom and direction. Words, if I need to be silent, shut this mouth of mine. If I need to speak, give me the words that you want spoken. You know, just recognizing God's presence is one of the ways that I've chosen to make him a priority. Because if the priority is I need to prove myself in this moment or, you know, I need it to go down my way, I'm going to respond very differently than if the priority is Jesus, I trust you speak into this moment. So how do you work with a guy like me who says, Shauna, my way is the highway. How do you do that? I don't know. How do you work with a gal like me? We're all in process, right? (laughs) We're refining each other, Perry. How do you solve a problem like Maria? How do you solve a problem like Perry Lay or Shauna Byer for that matter? Psalm 16 says, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The Lord is my chosen portion. His will is what I want. If we choose him, if we choose to find joy in him and his purposes, that's the exact opposite of attaching our joy to our circumstances. You know, I don't want to attach my joy to anything other than Jesus. And sometimes we can find that our joy has gotten latched on to our finances or, you know, even our marriage relationship. It's got to go the way that I think it's supposed to go or it's not right and good instead of surrendering that to Jesus. Um, my joy isn't in my boat or my car, the stuff that I own, my house, my accomplishments. We can enjoy those things. We're meant to enjoy those things, but our joy is not in those things. I think one of the ways, one of the ways that I choose joy is that I resign each day from being my own Lord and Savior. Mm, Yeah. I resign. Jesus, you're the Lord and Savior. I try to be my own Lord and Savior. Can't do it. Never works. I resign. Focus on you. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's such a healthy way to step into every day, recognizing right out the gate, I'm not going to get everything the way that I want it today. And it's not about me. It's about you. So help me to be surrendered to your purpose and your ways today and not my own. Jesus is Lord. And he said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But he said, I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I think right there he's referring to our joy being attached to those other things is going to leave you unsatisfied. It's incomplete. But in me, you'll find the completeness of your joy. So Jesus offers us a joy that isn't fickle. It's not partial. But whatever we prioritize is where we're going to find our joy. So when God's our priority, then our joy isn't circumstantial. It's eternal. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.